following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Yeah, buddy, welcome to another episode of the Functional Sportsaholic, as we like to call it, the Sports Talk Revolution. We are proud partners of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. You can also find us on Podcast One. We are very, very thankful for the partnership there. Uh, Sam, I'm sorry, I should say you were listening to Sean, Ryan, and Sam Van Dam. Sam, what's going on, my man? Not much, man. Just uh, traveling for work and... uh finding all the uh, weird places in Florida that I've never uh, been to before. So it's been, it's yeah. been interesting. <laughs> before, uh, before my work in Florida took me um, or before my work took me from Florida to Illinois, one of my things that I had to do there is I had to do like a bunch of software migrations. And um, I worked on a, on a team of people that didn't like to travel and I loved it. I just, you know, from a, from ever since I was a boy, I loved to travel and I, I have been to every every piece of Florida, except for, I guess, the Everglades, which actually kind of bums me out because I want to go there, but uh, someday. Well, I just spent the past three days in Dade City, Florida, which most people yeah. would probably think is in Dade County, which is in Miami. But, but I was in Dade City, which is outside of Tampa, and it is a it's really yeah really strange place yeah it, well strange most of the place. most of the sticks in uh, in florida is very strange all everything that you hear on the news is uh is very accurate and reflective of all of florida it's this it is the weirdest place like i have you know it's um it, being away so long i have it built up in my head you know and all my friends and my family are still there and then every time i come to visit i'm like oh gosh i can't i, I don't really i don't know if i want to stay <laughs> stay here I'm like i love it i love like all, all my friends and family and all that stuff i love seeing everybody and kind of being the stomping grounds but i gotta be honest with you man it kind of kind of weirds me out when i go there <laughs> it's like it's a weird uh, place man i mean there's great pockets there are but then but there are some really strange. Like it felt like I was in like a whole nother universe. I was like, like a Rob I, Zombie movie. Yeah, like I didn't know so many Confederate flag, uh, you know, tank sure. tops existed. Um, They're there, and and I saw I saw two prisoners that had been released, but just had their belonging bags and are walking down the the road, and I'm like, where where am I? All uh, the all the all the convenience stores have bars on the windows. It's just it's just a strange, strange place. Yeah, once you start running around, you start seeing like the cash for gold and the the bail bonds yeah. and everything, and they're all over the place. Like, um, you know, it, it, the, the, no race or, or class or anything like that. It's like literally they're all over the place. It's just a weird place. But anyway, um, I, speaking of like uh, the prisoner stuff, I have a Christmas story for you. It just kind of popped in my head as you said it, but I'll save that for the end. I just wrote it on a note here. Um, so for the show. Uh, sports wise look we have dave mason today from bet online um did a did a great job once again we recorded that interview uh just me and dave um outside of uh, outside of this show so sam wasn't on that we'll lead the show with that but before i want to let you know what you're all getting into today uh besides uh you know us talking some futures uh some nfl stuff with uh, dave mason which is a great segment uh we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, kareem hunt um i touched on it a little bit with dave but i want to talk a little bit more about um you know the situation itself with sam uh we had some coaches some big coaches leave their teams or um, you know, leave. One left, one was asked to leave. Mike McCarthy in Green Bay, Urban Meyer at Ohio State. Uh, we have the NCAA playoff. Um, you know, I might update on the baseball, uh, fantasy baseball book, which I 
think should be complete this weekend. I don't know. We'll get into that in the update. Um, but you know, Sam, before anything, I gotta say, why don't we just uh, why don't we just start it off with Dave Mason and then uh, kind of react to that? You good with that, man? Yeah, man. All right, we'll play that now. All right, and we're here with Dave Mason from Bet Online. Dave, man, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. So, hey, man, I appreciate you coming back on the show. It's been um, it's been a while. I can't remember if we had you on early in the NFL season or just before, but uh, we're definitely in the thick of things now, man. How's it going for you guys? Uh, no, it's been a great season. You know, we're winding down here. It, 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 the NFL and the college football season just goes so fast. I mean, that's that's our that's our quote unquote you know busy season. Sure. Um, and it, but it, it just goes so fast. It's amazing. You know, I love all sports, but you know, NFL and college is my my favorite. And and it just goes so fast compared to all the other sports. It's it's amazing that college football regular season is done, and we're on to the bowls. And NFL is playoffs starting about a month. Yep, yep, yep. And I, I wanted to ask you a little bit. So. Um you know, as we lead into the Super Bowl, I mean, we're kind of in the stretch run. We, we have an idea of which teams are going to win the division. I mean, I, you know, there's not many clinchers yet, um, but, you know, we know who the, who the power teams are. Where lately, you know, maybe, um, you know, Thanksgiving and forward, maybe half season forward, where lately is, is most of the money going uh, towards the Super Bowl? I mean, what are the futures bets looking like these days? Right. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the, the good teams, you know, you know, <laughs> early, early in the season, people bet the long shots, like the kickoff to the regular season. You're always exposed on the on the Browns and all these 101, 200 to one teams. <laughs> people people throw those lottery tickets in there and say, you know, it's a new season. Maybe it'll surprise everybody. But as the season goes on, those Browns numbers are in the black. They go from red to nice black number. And and some of the better teams, you know, uh, uh, get get bet, you know, it, it, but players it's it's amazing some team will have a good weekend and all of a sudden they're they're getting pounded you know so the saints had a run there where they were getting hit every week and then then they lose a game and not much action coming in but but the cowboys you know they've been a hot bet as of late i mean we still have a nice black number on them because no one bet them all season long but after their after their win thursday evening they're upset which was the biggest bet game of the season by the way the action was incredible but after that game uh, I think uh, the next 24 hours, we took a fifth of all our Cowboys futures money within that 24 wow. hours. Yeah, so that just shows you how how a big game like that in, in an impressive performance, people just start piling on a team. You know, the people are so – news comes in, and, and I don't want to get off the NFL topic, but like yesterday, uh, Joe Biden makes some comment, and all of a sudden – I recognize it because we start getting action on Joe Biden to, to be the next president. Like, okay, what the hell happened? And it's out there on Twitter that he said, I could, I'm could. i the most qualified for the position, so now people are betting him. So that's how these bettors are, you know, with these futures. So, so yeah, uh, to answer your question, the Saints were getting a lot of recent action. Uh, Cowboys, the last couple weeks since they've been going on a run and they are a public team, you know. But, the, you know, the, the usual Sussex are Rams, uh, the, 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 the Patriots. Taking on action, just you know, how, and how can anyone blame them? Sure. And um, let me ask you. So you mentioned that the highest bet game of the season um, was last Thursday night, uh, the the Saints and the Cowboys. How was that distributed? Um, because you know, usually I, I know kind of the uh, I always talk about you know the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers. They always get a lot of action. Um, you know, the the big fan bases. Dallas always gets a lot of action. How was that money distributed? Did you take a bath with that with uh, New Orleans, the the so called favorite? You know, getting their butt kicked. I know. I lost some money on that particular game. No, we, we, we won big. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the Dallas games always bring on some action. Um, but at the end of the day, the Rams are the hot bet there. Uh, 
they're creaming everybody and this laying seven and a half and then seven on the road uh people were all over the uh saints and um that was not only the biggest bet game of the year, but our biggest winner of the year. And and the Cowboys won an outright that just blew up teasers because you know once you're yeah. in that seven point a seven point you know spread range, everybody's teasing that down. Oh, the Saints only have to win by you know one or whatever. They can do that. They're not going to lose, and so everybody's teasing that down. So that blows out all the teasers that blew out. You know all <laughs> the money line parlays. People love those money line parlays getting teams at you know minus two fifty, right. minus two sixty, four or five of those teams together and and uh you know they get a plus 150 or something like that so no that's the biggest bet game of the year and, and our biggest winner so we were happy with that yeah i know i had um i actually did well in picks with my you know come my I, I i try to pick you know about five or six games to really bet my, my money on you know we make picks on the get paid podcast and all that but i always just right. kind of insulate and circle the wagons but i had the saints last weekend um in a few of the parlays and you know wouldn't you know it was the only one that didn't hit but that's how parlays go man you miss one yep. screwed Yep. Um, so it, you mentioned uh, you know, so uh, early money season. You, you mentioned I think the uh, the Browns as an example of you know like you know these these crazy long shot odds where you're exposed early in the season. Let me ask you about the Bears because coming into the season, I was not high on them, and uh, you know the, the Mac trade happened. Trubisky looks to be playing very very well um, in the new offensive scheme there. So I mean, what does the money look like for you? I mean, have you been exposed on that? Did you get a lot of action on them early, or um, you know have you been able to adjust and stay ahead of that throughout the season? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we, we uh, they, they were taking on some early action, you know, when their odds are out a little longer. I think they were 50 to one around the start of the season. And, uh, you know, first few weeks when it when it was pretty obvious that they were going to be a very competitive team, that Trubisky took the next step and that defense was wicked. Then uh, the odds dropped and, you know, still taking action on it. But but it, it's a good number. We're in the black with them and it's a good solid uh, win for us if the Bears win it all. Like I said earlier in the season, yeah, when the odds are longer, uh, that that number's down. We were in the red a little bit early on, but but yeah, we're we're looking good there. Very good. And um, let me ask you this now, um, Kareem Hunt. So we're gonna we're obviously gonna talk about Sam and I are gonna talk about that a little bit later, but. Um, uh, Kareem Hunt had his issues, right? Now, I was high on the uh, the Chiefs um, going into this, and I still am, don't get me wrong, but how does that impact you? Like, from when you hear the news, when you see that happen, and you kind of mentioned it with Biden, too, in, in the political realm, you start to see something happen, and what do you do as, like, a sports book? How do you go in? How do you react? I mean, like, what is the process for you when something like that that's big, like a big player, or, you know, maybe some big news is coming in on the political side or something like that? Right. Well, something like that, something like Kareem Hunt, <clears throat> excuse me, you're looking at two different things. You're looking at the spread for next week's game, and and that's going to be handled differently than, let's say, a future. Because a future, you know, if a player's not playing, then those odds are going to drop, too. So you're not in as much of a hurry to change them. So I think we had them plus 450 to win the Super Bowl before the news, before the video. And then we dropped into plus 600, but it's not as much of a scramble because it's like, all right, well, if you want to bet, we had a plus 450 with Kareem Hunt. If you want to bet plus 450 without Kareem Hunt, be our guest, you know, but we, we dropped them pretty quick. You know, we, we do, uh, we, 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 we re- reacted pretty quick. So, 
but the spread, yeah, that, that's a little bit more immediate because that will have a you know the the team can get the the better can get a little bit more value on the um, opposite team if you're not reacting to the spread. But you know that was kind of a didn't matter this past weekend. Yeah, and that last line, I think last week when all that stuff was going down, I remember at least at the beginning of the week, I think the the Chiefs were cash was it, it was a little bit over a touchdown, right? Wasn't it like 14, 15 points or something? The the Chiefs Raiders game last week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I imagine, you know, right when it started happening, you probably got a bunch of Oakland <laughs> Oakland money coming on, on on a tasty line like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was um we took some Oakland money right away and and then again, that's this people are responsive, man. They 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 and that that's a good thing, you know. They they think there's a little extra value there to hear the noise, the news and they they start betting it, you know. So, um but but yeah, this weekend the the Chiefs are if the public isn't really scared of that anymore that right. 77 percent of the action early betters are on the chiefs this weekend wow. as they as they host the ravens of says seven point favorites yeah i'm a little surprised by that i think that will come down a little bit towards kickoff but uh yeah the early betters are on the chiefs yeah well how was uh, lamar jackson affected i'm sure that um you know when uh, flacco went down speaking of the ravens um when flacco went down you know i was nervous right because i think everybody that follows the nfl we mentioned this a couple times on our show throughout the months um yeah, jackson is raw and he's kind of like uh you know josh allen in buffalo I, I liken the two of those together i mean very raw quarterbacks good physical talent but he's come in there and i know he's basically running and it's kind of hard i think i said on the get paid podcast it's almost like playing russian roulette when you're when you're running a quarterback you know as much as baltimore is or or buffalo is these days i mean as a better i'm not super comfortable with it but you know has the line i mean have you have you attributed more or less value or about the same with flacco in the lineup um, as opposed to uh, say Lamar Jackson, pretty much the same. I mean, I had that conversation with our head odds guy that week. I can't. What was it? Two weeks ago when Lamar Jackson yes, had his God. first game, and I was surprised that the the odds weren't uh, that you know that that they were pretty much the same. And and my head guy is like, nah, it's, it's there's not much difference. So you know, I I didn't agree with that at the time, but it looks <laughs> like he was he was right. So that's why he does what he does, and I do what I do, I guess. But yeah, you, sure. know, you know what I mean. So um, yeah, getting seven this weekend though, I don't think kind of looks good to me. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, it, you know, Baltimore's defense—it's like the uh, the old uh, you know unstoppable object and movable um, defense or whatever it is. So uh, right. that's that's going to be a good one. It's definitely one that's going to one of the ones that's going to be on uh, you know one of my TVs here at home. Um, this weekend coming up, we got you know we have a few huge matchups. I love the uh, the Seattle Minnesota matchup on Monday night, but Philadelphia and Dallas. I, again, we talked about it. Dallas always gets a lot of action. Where are you seeing the money go there? Because you know Brad and I and the Get Paid Podcast, we were a little split on this. Uh, I think Brad took um, Dallas, and I'm kind of taking Philly to rebound. It's more of a gut instinct thing. I realize you know all my analytics are pointing towards Dallas, but uh, I just feel like Philadelphia might turn a corner because. I don't know if they lose, it's kind of like a winner go home, but where are you seeing the, the public throwing the money down on this game? Cowboys. Yeah. Um, 69% of the early money is on the Cowboys right now, but I agree with you. I, th- I think that extra hook there, that three and a half. Yep. Uh, I think you just feel watching the Eagles the other night that maybe finally they've turned a the corner, you know, maybe they're finally back. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. The plus three and a half, I, I, that, I think that's the side, but not 100% sure on that. Maybe there's a little bit of my Philly blood's coming out there, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, the, the early betters are on the Cowboys, and that's not surprising. You know, like I said last week, that the biggest win of the week for the book 
was the Cowboys and, and the and the public got burned on that game big time. So, yeah. you know, some a lot of the public has short term memories. They just remember that 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 Cowboys game and how impressive they were. So they're putting their money on the Cowboys this weekend. Yeah, and you know what? Let's be honest. Just to, to temper expectations for any uh, Philly fans or prospective betters out there, butt fumble, butt fumble. Matt, uh, Mark Sanchez can make any defense look good. So that's uh, absolutely. Oh, he had the gosh. butt fumble recovery last week. That was pretty interesting. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me uh, switch it over. So you, you touched a little bit, um, you know, earlier in this uh, in this segment, you touched on Biden coming out in the press and, uh, you know, saying he's the most qualified candidate in the line move. What I noticed this during the uh, the midterm elections and I was you know watching the CNN coverage. I was reading news and everything. And I, you know, I was seeing bet online pop up everywhere, you know, the bet online odds for, you know, so and so candidate and maybe like the, the House versus, uh, uh, you know, Republicans versus Democrats. Are they going to move and all that stuff? Yeah, how much action do you actually get on that? Is that is that a popular thing? Is it um, you know? Do you get a lot of money coming in the door on that? I've never really looked into personally like betting on um, you know political candidacy, 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 I should say. Um, but it's very intriguing. It's very intriguing. I'm always paying attention to your lines when they come out on this stuff. Yeah, no, it's popular. It's it's um, you know that that 2016 election was just incredible. I mean, you know, of course, Trump had a lot to do with that. It was just so controversial, and there was mm-hmm. so much buzz and so much controversy that sure. it, it was just so perfect for betting. And you know, the, <laughs> it was a sure thing, and everybody loves the underdog. And Trump was such a big underdog. And I just remember we had live betting that night, and it was it was one of the most interesting betting things I've ever seen in my life, just how those odds moved. And, you know, we were almost like the betters were in front of the polls and just, it was amazing. But yeah, I mean, as far as the 2020 election, I mean, it's a slow churn, you know, Trump has a bunch of bets, but after that, you know, it's a slow churn. There's still a way to go. People know that they have to still wait a few years to cash their tickets, but you know, something like the Biden thing yesterday and then, yeah, you get a flurry of bets and then it kind of slows down. And then, you know, this weekend something will happen and, and <laughs> in a week, you know, God knows what will happen. Elizabeth Warren might say something and if some bets will come on in her and it just goes like that for a couple of years. But that last year, you know, by 2019, the bets will be coming in and that last month or two. And, you know, with the, with the debates and all that stuff, I mean, the bets will be pouring in. That is, it's such an interesting angle because, you know, NFL, you know, basketball, whatever, take your pick, right? You're, you're analyzing the, the performance of the person on the field, right? I mean, you're, you're right. analyzing schemes, um, you know, how effective are the coordinators going to be able to, you know, battle or the coaches or what have you. And I kind of feel like from a political side of things, you're almost betting on sociology, um, and I, the reason I bring that up is, you know, with Trump, you mentioned, you know, Trump and he was the big underdog. I remember early in that um, process, once it was fairly clear that he was going to re- get the nomination, um, you know, during the, uh, um, right. you know, the, the primaries, I remember having a conversation with um, with my brother and saying, you know, he's going to win because he's going to run a campaign that America, the voting public, you know, public in America is going to respond to. And I remember thinking that like. Yeah, this is this is going to be the end, and this was months and months in advance. So now, knowing that he was such an underdog, I'm kicking myself for not retroact. We're not putting money down because I was convinced that this is going right. to, you know, that it was going to turn out. But you know, how do you how do you actually go into placing odds on something like that? Because like analytics, you got to throw them out the window. It's really about what people say in the press. 
So is it more reactionary? Do you have, you know, like a, a team of, I guess, experts like, you know, CNN or Fox News would have on, you know, they're, they're kind of uh, political experts and analysts on your uh, on your team at Bet Online. Yeah, well, the experts really didn't know a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> they sure didn't. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're just, you know, it's, jeez, it's, it's, it's a tough one. It's, 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 you know, you're looking at polls, right? You're looking at polls, but I mean, how effective were they in 2016? And, right. And you're looking at betting. You know, it's, it's no different than uh, football. You're seeing who the actions on. You're trying to see if there's any sharp action, and there will be sharp action on pol- on political stuff. There will really will. If some guy's sharp. We have him highlighted sharp. He's not just betting a TV bet. He's not just betting an entertainment bet. He sees there's value. So <laughs> he's taking he's taking Trump at plus four fifty. Well, you better move it down to plus four twenty five real quick, or plus four hundred, or whatever. Um, plus, plus something like that on the futures too. You know, you, the futures you got to be you're you're not you're trying to balance the book more than you would like a pregame line, like a spread on this weekend's Falcons Packers game. It doesn't, you know, if you're like, if you're 80% on one side, no big deal. You have an exposure. You're going to trust the number more. You don't trust the number as much in the future. So you're going to try to balance that book a little bit more. So if everybody's back in, you know, um, whatever, you know, uh, Bernie Sanders or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and you're you're starting to get red there. Then you're going to move from twelve to yeah. one to ten to one, just like Biden yesterday. That that news came out, bets came in. We moved to sixteen to one to twelve to one. Do we really know what the hell he's going to do? No. <laughs> do we do we have some kind of uh, uh, algorithm spitting out? You know, if that's the right odd, or you know, if he's going to do it or whatever. No, we don't. But it was just more reactionary. Okay, people are betting it. We don't want to get red on this, you know. Let's just sixteen to one to twelve to one, and 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 go from there. Very cool, very cool. Um, you know, lastly, I, I hate to put you on the spot here, but um, NCAA, right? We're in the college football playoff. I have to think. I would think the obvious money is going to be on Alabama. Um, you know, just I mean, I, I don't see how the public could be going any other way at this point. But is there like a is there a second favorite right now? You know, Notre Dame in the playoff. I know they always bring money in. Is it Clemson based on the recent history with uh, Alabama? I mean, where is like the the second favorite team going in terms of money? Or am I wrong? Is Alabama not the favorite at this point? Are you talking to the- Futures? Or are you talking to yeah. sp- are, are the spreads? Futures. Now, futures. 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 Alabama is our biggest winner, um, and that's mainly because you know you're talking about minus two hundred, minus two fifty, or whatever they, the odds have been in recent weeks. People just aren't laying that price. Sure. Futures. Futures. People aren't laying the price. They're they're taking plus money. That's how you get it. That's how you get exposed on like the dang Browns at hundred <laughs> two hundred to one preseason. You know they they want that lottery ticket. So futures. Yeah, futures were looking good in Bama. If Bama wins it all, they're, they're our biggest futures winner by far. Um, Spread-wise, their early action, it's pretty much 50-50 on both games. So uh, they're wow. early betters. Yeah, they're early betters. And, and, again, a lot of more actions to come in. So I'm sure that will change. I'm sure we'll have a sweat on both games by the time kickoff comes. But uh, as of now, the early betters are pretty much 50-50. I mean, Oklahoma-Alabama, that's exactly 50-50. Wow. Uh, yeah, and Notre Dame-Clemson, it's about 53% of the early bets are on Notre Dame. Very, very interesting. It'll be a it'll be a nice bowl season as we wrap up. I'd love to have you back on, um, you know, especially as we get in. I, I I love the prop bets for the Super Bowl, so having a you know just a full episode on that I think would be would be great if you can spare the time. It'd be great. Oh, I'm down. I love it. All right, man. I, hey, I appreciate taking the time out today, and uh, yeah, I'd definitely have you back on soon. Beautiful. Have a great week. Yeah, same to you. All right, Sam. We're back. Dave Mason, great as always, right, buddy? 
and then he kills it. Solid gold, solid gold. The coolest thing I th- I think, man, and I I know I mentioned this, so I won't go too you know I don't want to talk too long about it. But the idea of betting on presidential elections and uh, and all that stuff, and and seeing like the bet online folks on um, on CNN and stuff during the midterm elections and all that. I, I'm not a big political guy. I don't pay too much attention to it. But you know when the when the country seems to be kind of shifting and moving, I, it's just kind of interesting. Uh, it's interesting theater for me and and you know going and, and re, you know reflecting back on the bet online odds of who's going to you know win the uh, the democratic uh, primary and in, in 2020 you know if the if the house or the senate were going to flip and all that stuff that stuff is very interesting so uh you know we'll we'll pay attention to that as we go forward but you know one of the things i want to dig into first of all here and i mentioned this again with dave kareem hunt man um Look, you know, the video is out there. It's an ugly video, I guess, in terms of in the ugliness scale, right? Um, the nuclear uh, putting your hands on a, on a woman's scale, right? So once you're in that, you're in a whole new category of bad. Um, I think yeah. everybody, everybody knows that. So in this awful, toxic category, it's not, I guess, as toxic as the Ray Rice, not as shocking as the Ray Rice, where he actually just punched the girl out. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, the video, I, I was watching it and I, I was alerted to this by um, somebody else, I guess, because, you know, the, this um, one of my friends kind of hangs out on, on Reddit and, and on Twitter. And so he gets the stuff that's going viral before I do. You know, I'm, I'm unfortunately I'm too busy with some other stuff to where I can't really be plugged into the inter, interwebs or the internets uh, like Johnny Depp in that movie he did. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that bizarre um, uh, computer AI type thing. Uh, but no, but, um, I saw the video and I kept seeing like haunt, like, you know, kind of push the girl. You don't want to do that ever. And I kept thinking, you know, this girl to me, I was like, oh gosh, you know, he, he's putting himself in a bad situation. He's just got to like walk away because you know what, I mean, what good is it to win whatever that was, right? It's not a fight necessarily, but it's like a verbal altercation. What, I mean, what, what good is it to be in that in the first place? You're drunk. You know, the girl was obviously intoxicated or looked so. Um, I'm sure right. he was as well. And, you know, I know he right. had some some entourage people there as well trying to hold him back and you know, really kind of save him from himself in that situation. Right. But what good does that do? I don't like the Joe Mixon thing where he punched the girl a, a long time ago. It's like, dude, just be the bigger person and walk away. I, you know, it's it's really disappointing and for me and I think I mentioned this with Dave too is um, or maybe I mentioned it with Brad on Get Paid um, earlier this week is you know Kareem Hunt makes this mistake in February right um, and comes back to the team and he does what you know what probably I look I can't blame the guy he can't come out and say he kicked a girl or whatever um, <laughs> because he would have been released in February so he came back you know he lied he didn't think there would be video of it um, the uh, the NFL to their credit um, and the Chiefs they all tried to get the video but um, nobody would release it to them because they went through proper police protocols for the investigation and all that stuff well what what did Kareem Hunt do he cost himself um, well, let's just say this from a first point of view. And, you know, Sam, I'm always a team guy. He really hurt his team, uh, you know, because it, even if the Chiefs didn't release him, he would have been suspended. Uh, the NFL right. would not have let that go. He would have been sus- suspended for the rest of the year and the playoffs. There's no way, given the PR disaster of the NFL over the last few years with Ray Rice, yeah. the, Ka- the Kaepernick yeah. stuff, there's no way the NFL was going to leave themselves liable. Kareem Hunt would have been out for the year, period. And and good for the Chiefs for just seeing the video and reacting immediately saying, we're not associating with this and, and getting out ahead of it. 
Um, and you know, and now we're not talking about it anymore. But mm-hmm. okay, so Kareem Hunt hurts the Chiefs because for me at this point. Um, I thought it was Chiefs, and I thought it was Saints in the Super Bowl. Um, now I don't know. Now I think, as I said to Brad earlier this week, I think it's probably back to the Patriots, the Steelers, maybe the, even the Chargers. Um, you know, the, I love Mahomes. I love what he's doing, but Kareem Hunt is that balance there, so that hurts. Now he's hurting himself, too. You know, I'm sure he'll land with the team next year. He's young, and he's very talented, so he's going to get another shot somewhere. This isn't a Ray Rice situation where Rice was right. on the tail end, the wrong side of 30, all that stuff. Kareem Hunt will get another shot, but what's it, what's this going to do to his market value? Like, he's not, you know, he'll probably get a one-year deal. He's going to really have to fly right to get an extension, and he, I don't think he's ever going to see that that eight-digit, that $10 million a year-plus money uh, because of this incident now. And, uh, man, I mean, it's just no good comes to anybody in this situation uh, it's just really disappointing. Anyway, there's my uh, there's my little opening there for Kareem Hunt. What do you think, Sam? Well, my my whole thing is when you when you see these when you see these things happen, you know, I can I can sometimes forgive people if it's a split second thing. What really bothered me about this video and about him is that he kept going after. Like even after they had him back in the yeah. room, he still went back after her. And y- y- so you've had you've had time to think about like what you're doing, what position you're in, who you're with, what potentially is around, and then you go back out there. Um, and that's the most alarming thing to me because it's like you don't you don't get it, like you don't understand, and you know that. It's 2018. Even if sometimes you want to choke somebody out, you really can't do that, especially to a woman. It's just it's not going to play well for you. And that that's the that was the biggest shocking thing to me is that he just he kept going. Yeah, and and it it, it brings a couple of things to mind. That's that's I mean that's a really great point, right? Is um, a couple of things. So uh, the 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 climate today, you can't do anything to, to a woman and nor should you, nor should you be able to, you know, right, making that right. point. But, um, right. you know, especially today with the me too and all that stuff, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but of course you're not going to be aware of that at, you know, I don't know what time it was. Let's just say it was like, you know, midnight, um, after, yeah. after a night of partying with your friends and all that, you're not going to really be thinking about the me too movement. I get that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking like you, you mentioned like how we kept coming back and coming back and, uh, you know, I kept watching the video that my friend sent me and like I saw him push and shove the woman. I'm just like, gosh, you idiot. This is what I was thinking. I was like, you idiot. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Get away, get away, get away. Go back in the room. Go back in the room. And Go then, in the room. Go and in the room. The, right. And then like, and then he comes in and he pushes his friend into the girl. The girl falls down and starts kind of grabbing her head. And I right. thought, well, you know, you, you idiot. But he actually didn't make contact with her. And then at the end, he kicks her. I'm like, you freaking mm-hmm. I, I was like, that's it. Because I think he could have gotten away with, um, like, I don't know that the Chiefs necessarily would have waved him. Maybe they would have. I don't know. Um, but I think he would have maybe not been as looked of as um, as toxic as he is going to be now if he didn't just right. keep doing that. And like if he you didn't said, go he back and back. kick her. Like, that kick, that last kick is where it, that, like, really sent an alarm off yeah. to me. I was like, because you came back. Like in the first part, she's kind of going at him and he kind of goes at her. And I'm like, oh, it's a bad look, but 
Yeah. You know, he could the say, heat of the know, moment, all that there was, stuff. There yeah. was stuff before, then she was hitting me, and, you know, like you can spin that different ways. Sure, sure. Then, you know, he goes in the room, he comes out, he obviously pushes his friend into her, and I'm like, ugh, you should have stayed in yeah. the room, you idiot, you dummy. But then he comes out and he kicks her, and I'm like, well, there you go. Like, yeah. you, <laughs> there's no coming back from that, man. Like, no that's coming just, back, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine just seeing a, like uh, having a girl on the ground and you just kick her, no matter what she said or what she's done. Like I just I can't I can't. Fat. We're both we're both fathers to yeah. to young daughters. Like I just can't fathom ever kicking a woman in in the side of the you know uh, yeah. while she's on the ground. So the, the other thing that you that you, I think you touched on and it kind of it rang alarm. You know, you're not thinking about these things and how stupid is it and all that stuff. The other thing is he has he had an entourage there, right? He had some friends right. there. And what are his friends shouting at him when they're trying to hold him back? You, you Think about this. It's not worth You know, they're going to be shouting things like, right. you, you got to think about your contract. You got to think blah, 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 blah. And he's still getting, he's still so fired up in this situation that he's going mm-hmm. after this girl. When you get to that level where you can't even like reason, that is very, I mean, like you said, I mean, it's, it's really troubling um, because, you know, I mean, that just shows a complete lack of self-control, right? Yeah. And, and then they had the interview on Monday Night Football, and he just he just oh, with him. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Yeah, it was with um, I don't know what her name is on Monday Night Football, but she sat down and had an interview with him, and it was it was really alarming because he just didn't get he it. He just didn't really. He just doesn't. I don't think he gets it, you know. And it's like, all right, man, this is showing that this is. You know who's going to put their trust in in you again? Yeah. So, yeah, that's the one thing. You know, when um, uh, I guess when all the Ray Rice stuff happened, um, Ray Rice, like, I, I mean, there, again, you know, there's no denying that video when that came out. But Ray Rice immediately tried to do the Vic thing, where he like was just trying to take responsibility and and, mm-hmm. and write the shit because he knew how bad it was. But you know, I can't even say it's a maturity thing. It's um, that's just I don't know, man. It's it's bad. It's just bad. But let me let me say this. Let me just shift this to maybe a more lighthearted thing. So this this story, like the the um, the kind of holding people back, reminds me of a time where I saw a movie with a, with a couple of friends, and I had to step in and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and push uh, push a very angry Sam Van Dam away from Gooch Givens <laughs> in a movie theater in Orlando, by the way. So if you're visiting, uh, if you're visiting Florida again, the story holds up everywhere with everybody. But it, uh, I believe what, what what was the situation? We were seeing a Batman movie. We, we were, were seeing a Batman movie. He was just being yeah, he was, he was being, being fiery. He, 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 he had Gooch. a he had a few he had a few drinks in him. Few Chardonnays, um, few Chardonnays, whatever. Um, Chardonnays with ice, by the way. I know he, he likes his white <laughs> wine with ice. Yeah, yeah. And it was just a bad time in Gucci's life, and he he lashed out a little bit and lashed out to your wife, right? Which yeah. uh, which was not a you know not the best best move. But the, what I do remember is that I don't remember his young sister. What was she? She was still in high school at that point, like sixteen ish, maybe seventeen. Mm. You think she was young. She, 
Maybe, she, yeah, maybe eight, maybe 18. Okay. So she was a little older, yeah. but still young. But yeah. um, I remember like her and her, like her boyfriend uh, and now husband. I mean, he's a big dude. Um, that guy. Yeah. Um, and he was, you know, he's always much bigger because I'm a, I'm a five, eight, like I'm a stocky five, eight, but I'm a five, I'm five, eight. I'm short. So like I had to like step in front, step in front of you and Brian. Now Brian's not much taller than me, but he military guy, you know, obviously like he has a lot of muscle and all that stuff. I had to ju- jump in between the two of you and like just be like pushing you guys away. But I'll re- I'll never forget though. And you know, I know you know where I'm going with this. I never forget though. Somehow in this um, in this altercation, you ended up with Brian's cell phone, um, Gooch Givens' yeah. cell phone in your hand. Yeah. And I remember looking at you. And I remember you looking at, at the phone like you were going to break it. And what you ended up doing is you ended up just like giving a little soft toss, underhand toss, like with some with some heat on it, but an underhand toss right. like right, right into his stomach. And I remember talking yeah. to you later and we talked about that moment. And I remember you saying like, what was it? Like, you're like, uh, I'm not going to buy this guy a new phone. Right. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, there, there's there's a filter there, even when you're even when you're heated and all that stuff. It, and um, I'm sorry, like I, I paused there. I was like laughing, laughing to myself. I kind of <laughs> caught myself because like there's this pause. I'm just like, I remember thinking like, oh gosh, am I going to get like, am I going to get punched in this melee? <laughs> like I can't, I can't let these two like start fighting and in Ovino. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's one, he's my, you know, he's my oldest friend and. Um, yeah, it happens, man. You've known him since what, yeah. four, four years old? Something? Yeah, yeah. And like, so. Yeah, you had that moment where I was like, I really want to break every single big tooth in this guy's mouth and um, and and then uh, take his phone and, you know, chuck it a football, <laughs> yeah, right. football legs like down the thing. But I was like, you know what? Like, and I think you were like, don't man, don't do it. It's not worth, you know, like so, you know, I give you some credit for me not making a two hundred dollar mistake and and us ruining our $15 movie tickets or whatever they were at the time so what was that the dark knight we were saying dark knight christian bale yep great movie yeah i miss those movie movie nights man oh i was was pumped i was pumped i know you ruined your night oh no i don't know it kind of got me like geeked up for the movie (laughs) but it was just just being a little being a little punk yeah 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 uh speaking of movies man i saw creed 2 uh, this weekend, I yeah. gotta, I gotta say like, um, you know, I don't, do, I don't do spoilers. What I told, what I told my brother, um, my brother who's older than me, uh, he has a son. I think his son's uh, fifteen. I told him make his kid, uh, you know, introduce him, introduce him to Rocky. Um, you could probably skip the second one, you know, maybe mm-hmm. tune in for the third and the fourth. Um, but then you could probably skip five and then the belt yeah. the six, but go back, watch Creed and then go see Creed two. I think Creed two is the best, um, in the Rocky franchise, or I guess you could call it the Creed franchise with their linked. Um, yeah. it's the best in the Rocky franchise, probably since Rocky four, it Rocky was just, a, four, which is the best. Yeah. Rocky four is my favorite. I like Rocky three a lot and Rocky one. I, I, I don't really have much need for the other ones. I thought Balboa was good. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was worth a watch, but, um, you know, number two, I'll never watch, uh, um, Rocky yeah. two. I don't like that movie, and I don't like Rocky five. But I'm telling no, you, no, you're right. Number one, three, four, Creed, 
um, Creed 2. Have, you, have the, you seen Creed 2 yet? I have not seen Creed 2 yet, Dude, but I did I'm get your text you. and we're... Yeah, I, I have heard it's really good. So yeah, and I'm it's excited. got it's got the Sean Ryan seal of approval, which I know, I know you know what that means, man. I don't give that yeah, I don't give that off. You do not, times. you do not, man. That that's a it's a covenant. You know, that's coming. <laughs> it's a diamond dozen that's coming. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move it. Um, so I know you wanted to dig in before before we get to Urban Meyer because I definitely want to get to that. I wanted to get to two Whoa. more um, quick NFL things. So McCarthy's gone um, in Green Bay, which I was. You know, Brad and I talked about this on uh, Get Paid, so I won't go too far into it because, you know, some, we share audience with both shows um, in some cases. So, you know, the, the thing that surprised me about it was that, you know, you have a Super Bowl winning coach. You know, I, I guess the, what the GM is thinking is that uh, the season's done. And, and maybe they thought that because, they, you know, when they trade haha Clinton Dix um, to Washington in the middle of the season, when you, when, you, when you trade your starting safety on a kind of a struggling defense to begin with, and he's very talented, you're kind of already saying, Eh, you know, the, the season might not be the season, but, um, you know, I know they're 14 point favorites and they lost to, uh, to Arizona, but I was still surprised to see him go, man. What'd you think? Yeah. Especially a guy that's been there that long to get fired mid season. Yeah. Um, it kind of seemed like a, that's dirty a really move. weird thing. Yeah. That's usually reserved for guys that maybe are on their second, third, fourth year, you know, like, and, and the team's just sputtering. Not a guy that's been there 13 years, um, you know, and, and, and has had the success that they've had. To, and, and I guess he was kind of blindsided by it. So to me, that's a little that's a little strange. Obviously, he'll get another gig. Um, but that was very strange that it was that it was midseason for me. You know, it would be interesting. So there's a lot of talk about Todd Bowles and um, with the Jets. And maybe I'll dig into this with Brad um, after the season. Brad and I have a ton of stuff after the season to, to talk about on the get paid stuff as we look into, you know, obviously 2019. But they're talking about Todd Bowles for the Jets uh, being fired, which I don't look. I, I I say it on on both shows all the time. I'm not a big proponent of hire defensive coordinator and went and try to win games 13 to nine. Um, I don't think that strategy works in today's NFL. It might have been a great right. strategy, um, you know. Uh, going against Tom Landry in the 70s and stuff. It's just not going to work today. Um, not consistently anyway. Um, now, if you have an all-time generational defense that can work, like, like you know, the Ravens in the 2000s or the Bears in the 80s or something like that, maybe you can right. win and, and, and scrape by a bunch of 16 to 10 victories and, and get in. And, and the, I'm not throwing shade at those Ravens teams. I'm just saying the mentality of just saying we're going to win with defense you know, it's just not going to work. And, you know, let's be honest, how many generational defenses have we seen? We, Brad and I talked about Jacksonville this year. We can't really say Jacksonville's, you know, a generational defense at this point. They've been lackluster. At this point, Chicago looks like over the over the last two or three years, Chicago looks like the best composite defense and looks better going forward. So, you know, I, I don't like it. Um, but if Bowles gets released, I think McCarthy going to the Jets with a young um, Sam Darnold, um, some West Coast type um, you know packages in place that makes sense. McCarthy will get another job. Um, I wonder where Green Bay is going to go from here because there aren't a lot of 
I don't know, hot young coaching candidates. There's no, there's no Sean McVay out there. There's no Sean. Yeah, there's no Sean McVay. To be fair, I thought Nagy in Chicago was a reach last year. I'm eating my words on that. What he's done with Trubisky has been fantastic. I think he should be a coach of the year candidate for sure. Uh, maybe there's a guy out there. Look, I know um, Tennessee. They hired somebody off of McVay's staff, and Tennessee's offense is you know sputtering, but they don't have the best talent. But they're getting better. You know, maybe there's some guys like that. I know uh, New Orleans. Um, you know, has a guy. Uh, is it Lombardi? Um, um, you know, they have a couple of guys that might come in there. But there's just. I mean, who are you going to pair with Aaron Rodgers? The, the most interesting thing I saw today. Um, the most interesting, I guess, opinion. There's no mm. linkage to this. Is Mike Shanahan, the older Shanahan? <laughs> here's here's what I find interesting about it. Mike Shanahan, everywhere he's been with a quarterback, um, you know, he's been pretty good. Like he went to, he, he took Jay Cutler deep, right, in, in playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, um, he can run the ball. He's going to install his own offense. When he was with Washington, look, man, I can, I can attest to this. When he was with Washington, both with uh, McNabb throwing the ball and with uh, RG3 throwing the ball, they were receivers wide open, not within, not, nobody within five yards of them. And they just didn't have a quarterback that could throw him the ball. If he could install a system where receivers are just wide open with five yards of space and you have Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball and you're mm-hmm. going to have a, a, um, a running game that's going to be successful because the Shanahan system just always works. I don't, I don't know, man. Perrin, Perrin old, you know, I know he's old, man, but Perrin, Mike Shanahan with, uh, with uh, 35-year-old Aaron Rodgers for five years, I think that could work. It could, but what's Kyle Shanahan up to? Can we get can we get the other? Yeah, can Kyle, we get the younger. Well, no, no, Kyle. Kyle, I mean, he's doing all right. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see a little Green Bay, San Francisco rekindling of the rivalry. But um, I don't know, man. Kyle, you know, Kyle's been ravaged. The Forty ers have been ravaged with injuries over the last couple of years with Garoppolo out. Um, two years. Well, I guess they got Garoppolo mid season, and now he's out this year. They're down to their third string quarterback. Um, I mean, I, I think he's, I think he's safe, but you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, Lynch, like John Lynch, you got to start like wondering, like, I don't know. They need a better backup quarterback. I'll just say that. And we'll leave it. Uh, but let's get to Urban Meyer, man. Cause I know you really want to talk about that one. Yeah. Well, um, as soon as I saw him, you know, the reports coming out that he's having health problems, I was like, he's done. He's done at Ohio state. Yeah. And, and he's not done, done. He's not done, right. done. <laughs> right. He, he, he's catching heat for this, you know, domestic crap all year. He's, you know, they're they're obviously not going to be in the, you know, in the playoffs. He's he's run his course. He's going to take time off, and he said, "There's a good chance that I'm not going to coach again, but uh-huh. I'm retiring." That's like the Brett Favre retirement, right? Retirement, right? Like that's like saying like. I'm going to go out tonight with my friends, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have a couple beers. Yeah. I guess, you know, or saying, you know, I might have one or two. We all know those people that say I might have one or two and then end up driving a car through a house. Yeah. You know? So, and I feel like he's in that, you know, he's, he's somebody that needs a challenge when the heat starts getting on him a little bit. I think he bails. Um, and I know he supposedly has health problems, but we can all say we have health problems. I think he's going to linger over every 
major college job that is going to be potentially opening or, you know, if a guy's on a semi-hot seat, seat, yeah, it's going to be a rumor. And, and, And I see no bigger one than if Brian Kelly or somebody like that takes a job somewhere else that he's not linked to Notre Dame because I think that that's that's one place he would he would love to end up now that's interesting I'm going to get back to that in a second the Notre Dame point um so Urban Meyer we we saw this right I think our college years he was there maybe a little after our college years he was there Mm -hmm. the Tebow years all that um you know national titles and and you know he ran the system but we also know and you know sam you and i did the intro um for the aaron hernandez story well look aaron hernandez played for urban meyer you know some stuff because you're connected to it why don't you go into that just i mean just like maybe for 30 seconds about how you kind of knew some stuff with urban meyer we can't name sources and all that um you know i know that's kind of shady when we do that but you know if you're listening to the podcast you know we're kind of real people so we're not blowing smoke um with this stuff but sam sam knows those people, I think he partied with Aaron Hernandez once, didn't he? I was, yeah, I was at a club where then it came out later that, you know, Aaron Hernandez was involved in a big bar fight, you know, in Gainesville. And I was actually there that night. Um, I was hanging out with people and Aaron Hernandez was one of those people that was there that night. Um, I have a couple connections to the University of Florida, um, more on the basketball side, but um when when you're in a school that small and you're an athlete, um, they all kind of mingle. Um, and basically, it's, it was known that, you know, the football players and if you were really good, you were going to be able to get away with with whatever you wanted. And Aaron Hernandez had a huge leash and everyone knew he was a bad dude and not not much was done about it. There weren't there weren't many repercussions or um, suspensions or anything like that. It was pretty much a blind eye. Yeah, and I knew some people um, in college that were affiliated with the uh, FSU program when uh, Bobby Bowden. Um, gosh, is it Bobby the Elder Bowden? Obviously, the FSU mm-hmm. coach. I, I think it's Bobby. What's his son's yeah. name? The guy that was at Auburn. I can't remember his name. So I get Tommy. Those, Tommy. Yeah, Bowden. something. Like, anyway. But the elder Bowden, um, you know, he was a, a classic. I'm not going to suspend anybody anyway. And so, like, when a lot of this, um, you know, this recent stuff, and you know, we can say Jameis Winston, I guess, because it's pretty well documented. So I'll use that that as a case. When that stuff came out um, about how the investigation went down, about how you know the kind of the local, um, the local, I, I guess, authorities kind of hushed it, <laughs> hushed that stuff really quick, um, and kind of basically, you know, maybe without. I don't know. You can make the argument that they said it is basically just said, you know, let's just make this go away um, was kind of the feeling from from the authorities. Mm-hmm. And that's very much how um, how UF was under Urban Meyer and how FSU was under Bowden. And that's another reason why I know I've mentioned this before, why I always respected Spurrier, because Spurrier, way he was at UF, UF always held his players accountable. Um, but anyway, that's enough about that um, that angle. Back to Urban Meyer, though, like towards the tail end of this stuff, right, he, he wanted to retire and he wanted to spend time with his kids. And, you know, he was <laughs> spending too much time and he wanted his daughters. His daughters were getting older, la, la, la. Well, you know what? He ends up in Ohio State, what, like a year and a half later or something like that? Yeah, after being on ESPN, like, all the time right. for a whole year. Got so a lot of good quality he, time, didn't he? Right. So Right, poked his head around a lot of places, but, you know. 
I I just don't, you know, they they call him Urban Liar for a reason, and I just don't, you know, I don't I don't trust the dude. Like he, I think he's a good at what he does. He's a hell of a recruiter. Obviously, you see wherever he goes, he does have success. Um, he's just not long there, you know. Like he, you know, he likes to get in, do his thing, and then get out. And yeah, the interesting loves thing- to say that he's done coaching and that he's having health right. problems, but. Within a year, year and a half, he's, you know, he he's he's poking around again. Yeah, I think he gets headaches. He has like some kind of cyst in his brain or something. It gives him headaches when he gets too intense and yells a lot, which uh, you mm-hmm. know is what he's gonna do. Um, yeah, you know the the thing he builds cycles, right? So he he recruits, he gets a system. He had the Tebow, Tebow left, he was gone shortly thereafter. He built this Ohio State stuff, like you said, he got flack. He's going to be out the door. I wonder because I remember he was linked to Notre Dame the last time Notre Dame had the opening. He right. picked Ohio State because the the prevailing thought there then. I don't know if he ever. I'm sure he didn't come out and say this, but the thought was that you can't really win in Notre Dame anymore. Um, you have right. to go to a place with uh, looser academic um, you know, right. restrictions. You know, you have to go to the big conference, you know, ball, you know, all that stuff. Well, Brian Kelly, they brought him over from Cincinnati and he's been, honestly, he's been a home run at Notre Dame. He took right. them to a national title um, game where they had the right to get their ass kicked by Alabama. Um, he, he might, he might be able to, Brian Kelly, get this team uh, to the national title game and get their ass kicked right. by Alabama again. <laughs> so like, I mean, he's been a home run. Um, you know, he can, with some of these NFL coaching jobs, we mentioned the Packers. Um, he might, um, he, he'll be a serious candidate if he ever wants to go there. I don't see him being a good fit in the NFL personally, <laughs> but you know, I, I know these guys want to take their shot. Like if I was a high, high profile college coach, and I had that success level and I had that hunger, of course I would go to the NFL and try it out. Especially when you know you could you could go back and get get a good college game. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, like uh, what's his face? Chip Kelly, uh, you know, right. ha- had two failures in the NFL and then uh, found himself at UCLA um, where his right. uh, his quarterback's dad yells at him all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not too bad. You, two failed things in, in the NFL and now he's in Southern California, you know, making a crazy good living yeah. so you can <laughs> but for, you can you can spin it any way you want i think urban urban will coach again and mm-hmm. it'll be you know i wouldn't even be surprised if you see this thing sputtering you know at fsu too long if he if he's linked mm-hmm. to that job you know um yeah, i got two for you in addition to notre dame if he goes and and let me ask you this before we move on from the notre dame stuff do you think that do you think that it bugs urban meyer that he turned Notre Dame down and they are seeing success with Brian Kelly and not Urban Meyer. Do you think that that could be a, like a, a reason for him to go back and try to wake up the echoes and all that stuff at Notre Dame? Yeah, I think he wants to, I think he wants to go anywhere and, and, and turn a program into a winner again. A big you know, program, though. It, a big, not just a anywhere. big program, and that's why I said FSU. You never know. He already has connections in the Florida, yeah. You know, pipeline. Um, he would probably love to go and turn turn that uh, turn that program around. LSU um, would be an interesting one as well. LSU because, as well. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think they're going to stick with Orgeron long. I mean, LSU has high standards. Um, yeah. 
you know, they let less miles go. Um, the guy who I think if, if you could draw a picture of a guy that looks like he cheats on his wife, I think less miles <laughs> is that guy. I've been saying that for decades, but, um, yeah, him and Phil Mickelson. Oh my gosh. Phil Mickelson. I feel like they, I feel like they sit in cars together and eat, uh, Frisco melts from, <laughs> you know, steak and shake and just, Talk talk about Hooters waitresses yeah. that banged. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I feel like I feel like those. You know, uh, Tiger rolls up. Those, in a, Tiger rolls up in a Buick and being like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Hooters. I'm with Perkins, yeah. baby." Yeah, he's like, no, nah, man, that's too high class. You got to go lower. Another another weird Florida thing. I know we've mentioned this on the show like in passing before. Another weird Florida tidbit is uh, Sam and I actually know one of the girls in uh, Tiger Woods's harem. <laughs> During the, when that whole thing went down, so there's just another weird link to Florida. It's just like everything happens there, but none. She was a Benning, a Bennigan's girl. Oh, was she? Bennigan's. Yeah. Now Bennigan's had um, Bennigan's had the big Irish burger that was like a pound of meat loaded up, and it was it, it was before food challenges was a thing. But I would show up there and I would take out a big. I think I've done it twice in my life, which isn't super incredible considering like what you know what Joey Chestnut does and all right. the hot dogs he eats and then barfs two seconds later. No, nah, man, we used to be able to eat, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Back, I can't put it back like that anymore. Back in the day, man, yeah. you kill a, kill a pizza, each of us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no problem. But yeah, she worked at uh Bennigan's, that one that used to be off of 436. Here you go. And Tig- Tiger was a, Tiger was a regular, I guess. I guess, I guess. He's, yeah, well, I'll I'll leave the lowbrow jokes for uh, for a different show. Um, yeah. One other thing, football related. I probably should have talked about this while we were still talking NFL. So Kaepernick came up um, up in the press again about like why isn't he getting on teams? You know, you have obviously uh, San Francisco. They're on the third quarterback. Uh, the Redskins signed Josh Johnson to be uh, butt fumble Mark Sanchez's backup now that Colt McCoy is on the injured reserve. Uh, basically, if, by the way, if you play on Washington, um, you are going to end up on the injured reserve. That's just how it works. It's like they'd like to turn over their roster, you know, doing it um, once every two or three years under the early Schneider regime. That wasn't long enough. Really, what they want to do is is they want to turn the ro- roster over two to three times during the season. So right, they're, right. that's what they're doing now. They're on the third string. Everybody, um, not not literally, but, uh, you know, qu- quite a few players are injured. And it's just insane what's going on there. I think they need to change their their physical training staff. I can't believe that nobody's talking about this. They're obviously not <laughs> training for pliability because everybody's like popping ligaments and, and, you know, injuring muscles and look, man, pliability. Get on it, man. TB 12. They're on that Bob Wiley. They're on that Bob Wiley. <laughs> they, uh, are. they are <laughs> program. They're just moving football sleds, but, uh, you know, no, no ice baths, no, uh, no stretching down. So I remember stretch yeah. boys and girls. It's important, especially because I wish I stretched more when I was 20. So I don't, hurt so bad when I work out anymore but <laughs> so you got to move on but anyway so uh the, the it came out like why didn't Washington sign Kaepernick you know they're Josh Johnson you know what does he do well I'll say this two points I've made this point in the show before um you know the the, the offensive system and Jay Gruden came out and I think he gave a really nice explanation as to why is you know that Kaepernick is a different quarterback you know to integrate him you're talking about different formations all this stuff um, Josh Johnson, I believe, had familiarity with um, with Jay Gruden himself, but also I think he had some familiarity in, in Tampa. Um, you know, during the the John Gruden system, um, which is you know very very similar, obviously. But I'll say this: so all season, I've been making this point: is that you can't just bring Kaepernick in and plug him into an NFL roster. You have to change the way you know all that stuff. I'm going to say for this particular instance, 
I actually think signing Kaepernick would have been the right move because here's mm-hmm. here's what's going on. Washington at this point is six and six. Um, you're not winning the division with Mark Sanchez, right? Colt McCoy, I made the argument, yeah, you stick with Colt McCoy because McCoy's been in that Gruden system, like, and he's been practicing with them for years now. He knows the playbook. He's the one that you're going to roll with. Well, now you're just you're starting Mark Sanchez, who you just signed like last week. So he doesn't mm-hmm. have familiarity. They say they know some people on the on the Jets coaching staff or whatever. It's not the same <laughs> system. That doesn't matter. And so they're bringing in like you know another quarterback with familiarity with Gruden's system. You know what? Like based on what I'm seeing with Buffalo and with Josh Allen not being able to complete a pass, and what I'm seeing with Baltimore and Lamar Jackson not completing any passes, they're winning games because they're running the ball. And Washington, if they want to get into the playoffs this year. Um, they need a quarterback that can move the ball. Mark Sanchez is not going to be that guy. And um, not in this system, not this year. I'm sorry, the familiarity isn't there. So if you're talking about all quarterbacks with lack of familiarity, um, now that are starting, they're not a backup anymore, they're starting, just take the guy who's who can move the ball um, with his feet you know, and make things happen. Is he going to throw some picks? Yeah. But you know, the, the, the offense isn't so far removed from zone read. I know they still have some concepts. I they actually ran it with Kirk Cousins a few times. I know they have some packages in there. Um, you know, they wanted to, to move Alex Smith a little bit more out of the pocket before he snapped his leg. I, I, I think this one would have been the move. Um, but, you know, I guess that's what happens when you, uh, when you have a running back that still proudly beats his children and then you sign the domestic abuser, um, you know, a couple weeks ago as you kind of run out of that um, PR uh, bandwidth. But, uh, yeah, I think they missed on that. Yeah, I think so, too. And I actually think this would, you know, it would have been, I mean, you might as well just go for it because at least, you know, at least you'll sell some jerseys. Um, (laughs) Kaepernick's jersey still is like, Hot you seller. know, one of the top selling jerseys. Nike released just an all black Kaepernick like jersey with just his name on the back. It like sold like crazy. Like, there's obviously a, a need and a want there. And if you're and if you're Washington, you're kind of in a you know shit or get off the pot mode for the season. Yeah, might as well just throw the whole thing. You know, just throw it to the wind. You're already getting shit for your publicity. You might as well just take it. At least this way, you're going to get some positive publicity because there is still a need and people there are is a huge huge following that just kind of wants to get behind Kaepernick so you would sway some popular vote towards your towards your way I I mean I I I think you just do it you know yeah it's better than signing a guy who the last pass he's done in a game is in 2011 yeah I mean it's you know like I don't care what system he's run you know I mean Seven years ago is is seven years ago. Uh, um, a lot has changed. A lot has. Um, I know, man. The NFL is completely different now um, compared to. Yeah, the, a I, lot I, has changed, and it's just crazy to me that they can't find anybody. Like, there's like nobody else out there that we just. Oh, you know, I thought it would have been Kellen. I thought it would have been Kellen Clemens. I mean, there are some decent backup quarterbacks that you know again have some familiarity with those those Jets quarterbacks because that's so important, right? But um, where's Rex Grossman? I mean, we pull that, pull that <laughs> stiff up out of it. Rex Grossman. Well, I, we, where is Rex Grossman? He's probably doing cocaine somewhere. He's I know doing was, lines somewhere. Yeah, he was doing lines somewhere. Another uh, another Florida tidbit, if you're not aware. I think yeah. everybody probably is fairly aware that you know he's a, he was coked out, at least during yeah. his college time. Um, 
No, uh, back to Kaepernick though. I look. Do I truly believe Gruden? Um, Gruden like wanted uh, Johnson for football reasons. Yeah, but I think that's an ego thing. I don't think Gruden is staying away from the the polarization and the topic. But I will say, knowing what I know about Washington, Snyder's a big Trump guy. Um, there is no yeah. way Snyder would greenlight the signing of a Kaepernick. So while I still think this is a football decision from Jay Gruden's point of view, believe me. There was no way if Gruden wanted Kaepernick that they would have signed him. There's just no way that would have happened. Not in the, the nation's capital. Uh, not for an owner who is, you know, a big contributor to the Trump campaign. Um, and you know, and I, I don't know if they're friends or whatever, but you know, I guess they're all quote unquote friends at the billionaire level, right? They're all buddy buddy with each other because they're billionaires. But um, yeah, I just I know it wouldn't happen. I don't think that Kaepernick has a, a league wide, um, you know, black. I don't think he's blackballed league wide. But uh, I do think that um, I do think that it, I do think that his career is over. Um, this would have been the perfect point place for him. A, a team that's trying to make the playoffs that has no quarterback with familiarity with the system. This was the move for for you know for him to get into a system and just didn't happen right. for him. So it's I mean yeah, at this point it's all politics. It's done and. You know, and I get I get a team that, you know, at this point is, you know, still in the hunt and they don't want to bring on the media and they don't want to bring in all the extra drama that, you know, would be caused by by bringing Kaepernick in good and bad. Um, but a team like this, I mean, if, if it wasn't for politics, he, he would definitely be getting the call. Um, and it's just, you know, it, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to see. So uh, I, I think I'll end the sports there. Won't go too long into this, but you mentioned two prisoners, Sam, uh, that that, uh, that you saw earlier this yeah. week, just at the beginning of the show. So here's a little Christmas story for you, since we're getting into the the holiday season. Everyone, uh, where I, st- I think we're still in the thick of Hanukkah, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, and you know, obviously we're leading up to Christmas. But we um, are, are what I used to do is I used to go to like a Christmas Eve mass and I started going to a midnight mass um, for multiple mm-hmm. reasons. One of which was it was um, there were less people there. So I didn't really have to communicate with anybody, which is my favorite thing. I, I, I really like going places and not talking. So, um, which is funny considering I have a podcast, but anyway, uh, so, so I would go to these midnight things and there would be nobody on the road and, um, you know, you just show up and go and go in. Well, I was on my way to church one night. And I think it was either it was either just before midnight or maybe it was like at like one o'clock in the morning or something like that. I can't remember if it was before or after. I think it was before the church. These two guys come up and um, it looked like they had escaped a hospital. If I'm not mis- like they, it looked like they were wearing medical gowns and they still had like IVs in. No, not the actual <laughs> fluid, but they had the IV port in. Right. And um and they waved me down at the intersection, Sam. This was on like Colonial Road, um, somewhere like, uh, gosh, like by Fashion Square or something like that. So mm-hmm. um, I uh, they, they waved me down and they knocked on my window. And like I was shocked because you know, there's nobody out there. And I don't even think I saw them. I think I was like jamming out to Jingle Bell Rock or something mm-hmm. at that point. <laughs> and uh, so somebody knocks on my window. I turn around and I'm like, I'm freaked out. And then mm-hmm. it's like these two guys in hospital gowns with like IV ports, and uh, and they're like, "Hey, hey, hey! Can we get in the ride? Can we get a ride? Can we get a ride?" I'm like, "Guys, m- Merry Christmas!" But it ain't happening tonight, man. Right? Um, not on Colonial, not in Florida. Um, I was like, "I gotta." Yeah, I was like, "Guys, I gotta wake up and open presents tomorrow." I'm sorry. 
I, I can't do it. I was like, best, Merry Christmas to you. Best, best wishes, but I can't help you out. And they're like, no, no, no. We get it, man. Like, they were very gracious about it. They're like, we totally get it, man. Have a good night. Have a good night. And I'm just like thinking like, why are these? And it, like, this was one of the rare cold nights in Florida, too. I was like, mm-hmm. these guys are in nothing but a hospital gown um, with IV ports in. Like, where did they come from? And I don't know of any hospitals in that area. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like you're, you know that area. It's like um, yeah. 436 and um, um, Colonial back then. Yeah. No hospitals in the area. Where the hell no. do these people come from? So at a minimum, they would have had to have gotten off a bus from somewhere. So if they were, if they had transportation, then why didn't they just continue with the transportation? So I think I definitely made the right move in not giving them a ride. Were could they have possibly been the wet bandits or the sticky bandits? You said too. Was it Marvin? <laughs> oh my gosh! Speaking of that, I, I, we need to do a we need to do a best Christmas movie segment on this show. It's been a while since we've done a five. Uh, yeah, let's do that next week. Of the fives. Uh, yeah, I think the, the week next after, week or the week after. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah. which one, but we'll definitely do that, and we'll we'll get some because Sam and I are big. We got we have to do like a no Home Alone rule though, because both of us are going to have Home Alone one and two on the list, sure. right? So sure. like we can talk about it, but we got to We got to get off of that because we're just going to talk about Kevin McAllister in the whole show. Yeah, yeah, but which uh, which, which I'm I'm not mad about, but I understand I understand the audience may not want to hear that. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, I think we can end it there unless you have any more stories or anything you wanted to dig into. Nah, man. <laughs> I just, I, I am, uh, I am uh, curious about what these two gentlemen were doing. Yeah. Um, why they were together? I think they were. Hold- uh, I think they were looking to, to carjack somebody um, because the the whole story just didn't line up. It just didn't line well, up. Well, why man. do you keep? I mean. They don't let you go with the port line still in there. So obviously, so they, they if they were in there, they obviously escaped. AMA right. Or escaped or, you know, yeah. So. <laughs> Was it a mental institution? Is there a mental institution there? I don't know. I actually never looked that up. I know there's no hospital in the area. I mean, there's a whole very I mean, shady could, situation. I mean, yeah, I mean, it could have been like a halfway house or something. I know there's probably a, I mean, that's the area for that. If there's going to be stuff. Those guys there. look like man. They look like they're having the time of their life, uh, running around. They look very, very happy to be out in the cold with, not, with like nothing on and and ports in their arms. So they were up to no good. Yeah, I mean that's much no different good. than the time I got stopped. You know, um, and propositioned, some, and propositioned, um, coming off a toll road for a little for a little hol- holiday special. Yeah. Uh, what, what was <laughs> how much money did that guy offer you? I was like 150 bucks. But didn't he like, didn't you say, didn't you say no? And then he like rolled down the window and tried to negotiate and he upped it to like 400 or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I'm like, huh, I have a couple bills too. It's <laughs> good. But no. <laughs> uh, if only, so. if we had, if we had, if we had a rated R podcast, we could go into exactly what the proposition was, which is a funny one um, to begin yeah. with anyway, but we won't. Yeah. Um, there was a time where I was doing um, around Easter time. I used to do this, uh, this thing uh, where I was on this kick. I was on this big church kick back then. Um, not that I'm not now, but like I was on a, I was on a significantly big church kick back then. And, um, and I wanted to try to do for Lent one good deed a day for 40 days. And so it was like the whole, like, you know, you know, try try to, instead of like giving something up like the Catholics do and and instead of like giving up, like, 
you know, cake or, or mm-hmm. dessert and, and really just going on a diet during Lent and saying, right, you know, right. sacrificing. I was like, why don't I try to do some good in the world? So I remember like there was this one night I saw somebody with a flat tire somewhere and I stopped and I asked if they needed help, but they had, they were okay. So, okay. I saw a car accident one time. I stopped. I asked if they, anybody needed help. And so I was like two days in and I was feeling really good about myself. I didn't actually help anybody, but I offered the help and I was feeling good about myself. <laughs> Third day, I saw this lady that needed a ride out by Altamont Mall. And, uh, and I stopped and I'm like, Hey, look, you know, I'd love to give you a ride. I just need to look in your purse, make sure you don't have a gun or anything. Make sure you're not going to hold me up in the car. You don't have to be secure. She's like, absolutely. Absolutely. So she like gave me your purse and I was looking into it. And then she informed me that she was a prostitute and then she was starting to negotiate price with me. And I was like, I, that's not what this is. I was like, honestly, I was really just honestly trying to see if you would you needed a ride i was just really just trying to be nice and she's like well you know blah blah blah, blah. i'm like well i mean do you i mean i can still take you somewhere but i'm not interested in your services um and then the lady was just like no and she told me that i guess a client had canceled out on her so. <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> yeah and then you t- actually know what now that i because i know i told you that story as soon as it happened didn't you tell me like you ran into somebody meeting the description of the person i had d- provided at, like mcdonald's yeah <laughs> oh it sounds so familiar <laughs> yeah well so i mean that was the end of the experiment i think i made it i, I think i seriously I made it three days and i'm like you know mm, I, I, well, all I could think like about a cop wasn't there, but that's I guess what they, that's all I could think about is I was I was dating um, I was dating somebody at the time who was a giant pain in the butt and <laughs> um, and very much about appearances and all that stuff. And I remember thinking like, what if a what if a cop was there and I got pulled over for solicitation? Um, even I mean, what am I, what am I going to tell the cop in that situation? Like, no, officer, I was, I was really just trying to give her a ride. Like, he's I mean, come on, give me a break. Like, they're going to believe that. And, um, and then on top of that, what if I got, what if the cop was talking to me in this situation and then somebody I know passes me because it is the mall. Like everybody goes, especially back then, everybody went to the mall. It was before Twitter and the phones and all that. So everybody was there. And I just remember thinking that could have been a really sticky situation for me. Um, so maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll just donate to charity or something to do my good deeds and, uh, not accidentally pick up. Yeah. Maybe I won't cancel on that lady next time. Yeah. Yeah. It was all it was all a, like a it was all a big elaborate plot, but I didn't follow through with it. Right. I screwed you. I foiled you once again. You did. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, I think we can end the show. Um, I always oh, a good one, man. Dave Mason, uh, always great. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, Dave. Uh, it was awesome. And then, uh, yeah, it was a big eventful week uh, this weekend as we get into uh, the, the playoff chase. And then we're going to have some more storylines coming up. A lot of skill players um, hurt and banged up um, as we, you know, the, the public out there gets into the fantasy football playoffs. Uh, I'm not going to go too far into detail with the baseball book, but it should be done this weekend. I have the edits back. I have the stats all, all complete. I just need to kind of go through and polish and, and publish. Um, so it should be on Amazon, definitely ready for Christmas time. It will be titled uh, entitled the 2019 fantasy baseball almanac and uh and draft guide just like my uh my my baseball or my football almanac i should say so anyway that's it for me uh sam uh another good week man yeah man be good be good <laughs>